So Abhishek is the CMO of Edelweiss Tokyo Life Insurance. It's an interesting company because it's growing way faster than the industry average as far as carry growth is concerned. Now, what they've been able to do an amazing job at is get a great persistency ratio. It's taken a lot of effort and technology interventions to get there, of course. And other part that I found particularly fascinating is their ability to divide all of India into pretty much four psychographic segments. And it turns out that's actually a pretty even division. And this is where terms like elephants and deers have appear in consumer persona conversation and in insurance industry. So quite fascinating to understand how they look at that world. And also very interesting to know that a substantial part of the business actually gets driven by distributors. This is the nature of the industry, it's a push-driven business. So distributors play a substantial role in influencing purchases. How does a company then build a direct relationship with consumers and how do you build a great relationship with distributors are both very interesting insights that I saw Abhishek give in. Hear him out. Thank you so much for doing this, Abhishek. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Great to have you here. I think I would love to start the conversation just a little bit about your personal journey, Abhishek. How did you uh, end up being where you are? So just tell us a little bit about your journey. Ankur, I've been with Edelweiss Group. Uh, this is my ninth year very soon to move into 10th year. First of all, the journey has been fantastic. Uh, uh, I have been out of these 10 years, we can equally split it between heading the life insurance marketing and before that, uh, heading the corporate marketing. I have also spent some time with uh, the mobile store, which was the SR Group company, where, which was the India's largest uh, handset and accessories retailer. Sure. Uh, I was the chief marketing officer over there. And uh, before that, I have spent some time with the Bharti Walmart tie-up which was uh, into opening uh, retail stores which are owned by Bharati Retail and the backend provided by Walmart. So part of that venture. I've also spent some time with ICICI Bank where I have sold home loans being hardcore sales and that sure. was close to 5-6 years. And beginning of my career uh, was a company called Shopperstop Limited. So Plus. one thing I say is uh, the company that I started my career with which was Shopperstop Limited and the company that I'm currently with, the Edelweiss Group. These two companies extremely close to my heart. Of course. Uh, I'm extremely passionate about these two companies. So much so that uh, sometimes I have a fight with my wife because I would not shop anywhere else if I have to shop for apparel or lifestyle oh, products. That's some loyalty. It has to go to shop or stop. So. Very interesting, Abhishek. So, you know, uh, would be super helpful if you just send the landscape of the insurance industry. Let's just focus on light because that's what you're doing. Uh, you're a marketer. You've been a salesperson. You've sold loans before. But now from a marketing lens, you were just talking to me about how the category has uh, its position in India now. COVID changed a few things, but not a lot. So let's just put that landscape together. So overall, if I see the life insurance industry, the life insurance industry uh, has uh, right now 26, about 27 players. Okay. It is an industry where there is an extreme example of polarization that we can see. Almost out of these 27 players, almost 50% of the market is with one single player. Right. Of okay. And that single player, of course, LIC. Everybody okay. knows. The industry is synonymous with LIC. Sure. So it's an industry where 50% market share is with one player. And the entire other part of the industry is called as private life insurance industry. So LIC and private life insurance industry. One and 26. Yes. Out of uh, the entire share available to private life insurance industry, the top three players, SBI Life, uh, HDFC Life uh, and uh, ICSA so, uh, take away almost 50% of that market. Okay. Okay. Now you do the math. Yep. So we left with 25% between 24 people. Between 24 okay. players. And then you have uh, the second level of large players, which is Bajaj Alliance, Max Life, Tata AIA. So even the 25% which is left, the lion's share goes to these three, four players. <laughs> so I leave it to you and the yeah. viewers to, and the listeners to decide what is the market share available to each of the 
smaller players sure but india is anand but ha uh, that is what i was going to say right? yeah. even at that level even at that market share the market potential is huge the demographics of the country work very favorably for our category mm. uh, this coupled with the fact that uh, the disposable incomes are increasing the younger population is earning more and more and more important part is the savings are getting financialized okay because earlier savings used to be either in real estate yeah. or in bank fds or perhaps gold yeah now what is happening is gradually people are exploring alternate ways of hmm. uh, financializing their savings okay so therefore we see the how we are seeing mutual funds how they are growing we are seeing the number of sips hmm. they are hmm. increasing every month insurance or life insurance what we believe is the basics of financial planning sure. because first you take care of your protection needs mm. and then you move into your savings needs and then you move into investment needs and then you go to wealth management kind of that's the hierarchy so insurance comes at the base of the financial planning but that is the protection part mm. what insurance also offers is a way to create long term wealth through products which offer a blend of guaranteed and non guaranteed mm. place mm. and obviously insurance also gives an opportunity to uh, uh, participate in the market Got through ulips yes all of these product obviously come with an insurance element yeah. to it so a lot of customers investments have started moving into these new financial products got it so coupled with all of these if you see there is a tremendous potential for the industry and therefore we believe uh, that there is enough room to grow to give you, you a counter it. example hmm. a small country like thailand okay right. will have close to 40 45 life insurance okay and they're all thriving surviving they are all thriving surviving making money okay and actually doing great for the country so interesting i think uh, we still have a room for more players in the industry you know i'm going to ask you a very classic marketer question uh, you could either differentiate from a market segment lens okay this is the set of people we were going after because there is let's say different spaces available for different people or a different need or a different positioning or a different service level what is it that you're kind of going after so one thing very clear and since i've given you the industry ka overall yeah. picture and we are a challenger brand sure. although if uh, i coil mulls hand on heart probably challenger may be challenger honge so we of will course. be that kind of a yeah. player yeah. currently consciously we have decided that we will not go into the markets or we will not go after the segments where i have to create a need for insurance people already know insurance so about it so we go insurance. after people we will target people who already have a fair bit of understanding of insurance have a fair bit of um, disposable income available to them and in geographies where insurance penetration is already at a little higher rate for that cut off is 20% for us so in some sense you don't want to be the first policy somebody buys you might be the first policy somebody be. buys but you need to be a person who understands insurance fair enough yes so that is the kind of market so you'll do we will a lot of category creation so to speak because there's enough 75% market share with somebody who will do it actually is the other way around yeah if i decide to focus on category creation and that is the basic principle in category mm-hmm. creation if you just try to create a category in a category which already exists uh-huh. then the benefit will always go to the top players that's why right yeah. so the more people so, buy insurance 75% of them will buy with somebody else yeah so if i go to a market and try to create a master probably people will start getting uh, warming Sanjeev. up to the idea of buying insurance but then we'll they'll first go to the large players so in some sense the market share situation this is a static situation that as of now what it looks like but i'm sure on the incremental basis of whatever new policies are getting sold on an yearly basis this numbers might look different 
because you are you growing at a certain pace oh yeah yeah we are growing in fact we are growing faster than the absolutely our uh, cagr if i see since our inception we are a 14 year old company right has been close to 45% when the market has grown by their 10-12%. So that has awesome. been our So you've been growth. consistently gaining market share? We have been gaining market share, but gaining market share in a qualitative. Sure. Because it's very easy for me to go out and sell policies to the customers, but ultimately we sell a product which lasts with the consumer for 10-20 years. I need to ensure that the consumer keeps on coming back and yeah. paying me every year. If I'm able to retain a healthy, what we call as a persistency, right. which is the number of customers who are coming back and paying mm-hmm. every year, I see that as a quality business. So you've been at it for the last five years. The insurance business has been around for a little longer. So from that lens of persistency as a key metric of judging the quality of uh, what you've got, how does that, uh, let's say, affect your operational strategy on um, also from marketer's lens? Because there is a certain amount of energy you want to put in making sure there is persistence. And obviously, you have to help keep selling new insurance as yes. well. How do you split these two worlds? What we try to do is, uh, number one is there are two, three metrics for persistency that right. we track. The first metric is the 13th month persistency. The reason okay. we call it the 13th month is because the consumer buys the policy for a year. And every year the policy needs to be renewed. Sure. You might decide to renew in quarterly mode or in semi-annually mode or an annually mode. But still it's a policy year. Sure. So the way industries or the company's health is measured is 13th month persistency when you renew it for the second year. Then the next metric is a 25th month persistency. Then really? hmm. 37th and then we go to 50th month persistency, which is 50th, 50, uh, for, sorry, 49th. 49th, sure. Yeah. So every and year, then, yeah, and then 60th. There's a chance of leakage. If the customer has sustained with a policy for three, four years, more or less the customer will continue the policy. Are you able to tell us what that looks like in terms of I cannot tell you the numbers. Ballparks uh, indicatively. So typically a good persistency number would be north of 80%. And will the industry benchmark could be somewhere there? Around that. Industry fairly has been fairly. So most of the industry circulates between 80 to 85% of the 13th month persistency. Fair enough. So all of this market share battle that will happen, do they happen at uh, the first level or people move no, around all the time? It happens at what we call as the first year. Premium. The first okay. year, the first time you're acquiring a customer, the hmm. entire battle is played over there. Sure. The health of the industry uh, in terms of the growth of the industry is always measured in new year premium. In that particular year, what are Got the it. new customers you have enrolled and what is the value of their thing? So for marketing attention span, that's kind of where you are... For our this. attention span, we call it APE, annualized right. premium equivalent. That is the holy the key metric. The that holy is the key metric that we sure, focus, other enough. than obviously the quality parameters. This is very interesting. So, you know, uh, on the one side, you have this whole persistency situation where there is leakage and people getting into other... Uh, what happens? Do they just stop paying one guy and they start paying another guy by buying a new insurance funds? Or they go, they go out of the insurance fold altogether. They would stay in the insurance so fold. Two reasons. Number one is this person who's currently um, bought policy from one of the companies. Hmm. Somebody else has approached this person and convinced this person that the policy that you bought was not very adequate or was not the right product for you. Why don't you buy my policy? So whatever money you're putting over there, start putting in over here and they are able to convince the customer. That's the sure. co- Okay. So that's probably the when customer actually moves around within the players in the industry, but still is in within the category. It's covered. Hmm. Yeah. Second situation when happens when the customer has a financial problem. Okay. Insurance still you need to pay a premium. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, because of the financial problems, you have immediate pressing needs. Hmm. And insurance suddenly is something that, what is insurance? Ultimately, it's a piece of paper. Yeah. That I as a life insurer has given you as a customer saying that if something happens to you, I'll take take care. care. Yeah. So that promise, well, yes, it is very important. But for customers in immediate pressing financial need, they say, okay, let me 
put this on the side and yep. so these kind of customers It'll actually lapsed due to their own financial situation mm. and third kind of lapsation purely happens when consumers forget to pay they don't realize because they would have also many times insurance is bought out of obligation oh okay so my what, relationship manager needs his targets to be met no it is not so much of obligation then it is not so much of obligation mm. it is my relative who has become an insurance agent mm. and relative comes to me and said ki please ye policy le lijiye ye wo i end up buying from that and you know it is very interesting point whenever a new person comes and becomes an insurance advisor right we call it the circles okay the first port of call or the first circle is always the natural circle where this person will go to his friends family acquaintances and it is and start selling insurance sure okay and most of these people who are buying this is obligation buying they lapse and most of these policies if not sold properly if not serviced properly they will lapse sure the problem starts coming for this guy when he starts moving out of his natural circle so mm. initially this person realizes ki here insurance is not easy okay yeah. when the natural circle gets over that's when the real selling comes in mm. you have to find customers you have to convince them and you have to convert them and you Third, see this in data and you see this in patterns and you know this is an obligation i mean when when he bought for the difficult. first time you kind of know that this is an obligation no buy. it's actually now it's very yeah, difficult to, it's very difficult to find out whether it was an obligation sale or not unless and until you have a data capture mechanism in place where we are able to track it as an obligation thing so what we try to do mm-hmm. is we try to do it the other way we look at the first few policies of every advisor sure yeah, that's what so there's a like fair proxy every advisor who comes in and then we try to say these are obligation customer then we have uh, i'm sure we'll talk about it yeah. later we have our uh, models running sure analytics and machine learning models which actually give us which customers have a propensity to lapse right the moment we have that code of the customer we go after them on a dedicated basis be in right. touch with them so that they keep on paying so automatically this so called proxy to obligation is new uh, bias from the first advisor first time advisor first time and then those guys get a slightly different treatment As a more rigorous follow up process just because you don't want them to lapse but the lapse regardless I mean obviously Depends there's a percentage the of, of course yeah, there's yeah, a percentage yeah. or it is quite also happens is uh, you know there is also a huge attrition in the industry attrition so the advisor, advisors ha huh, the advisor okay. moves on so to the next to company and he says okay wo jaane to ab ye naya so it's a next level of obligation now got it so in one lens you had all these potentially lapsing kind of folks and then you had different ways of finding out if they'll potentially lapse and then these models which are helping uh, let's say prevent that last by being more aggressive more rigorous about the follow through you talk about some of these examples of let's say what would it mean if you know that this guy has a higher propensity lapse what would you do differently so number one is if a, uh, we realize that this customer has a higher propensity to lapse we'll get in touch with the customer trying to explain the policy properly to the customer in insurance especially in savings product if you do not remain invested over a certain period of time you'll end up losing money and if you keep lapsing and renewing then obviously that's what will happen yeah so therefore if we have to educate customer that you have taken a good product hmm. however to take the full benefits of this product you need to be with this product for this much number of time hmm. minimum hmm. otherwise you'll end up losing money and it will be a huge loss to you that is number one hmm. second is obviously it is not just about the money it is the protection cover which is available sure. to the customer educate the customer about the protection cover third thing is should tell customers that and suppose the advisor has lapsed you tell customer that your advisor was not the only contact point for you with the company so we have something called as mechanism in place where for the customers whose advisor has left the organization we had then allot them to another set of advisors hmm. 
So these advisors then get but in touch. Those guys will have the first port of call to get the relationship sort of restored with the company because their incentive structure would be to sell new policies. But this guy is on his sixth month and now his advisor has left. Yeah. So now there are five months to go before a review will happen. Yes. How does it get dealt with? So what happens is uh, the another advisor who's coming in is also dependent on getting new business. But what we also realize is, and that's where some data helps us, that whenever a customer buys a policy, and I was talking about upgrading sure. the policy as well, a customer typically in his own lifetime would buy end up buying six, seven life insurance mm. policies. Mm. So for the new advisor, it is an opportunity to get more share of wallet from okay. the customer. So you however, maintain this and get more. Yeah. However, this advisor also gets measured on the number of customers that has been allotted to him, which were not his earlier, right. his or her earlier. Okay. And what has been the persistency of those customers? Ah, okay. So, in terms of his incentive structure, his alignment to that goal, yes, it works it has out. To be there, but yes. tell me something: these six policies that you spoke about, somebody buying, these are usually upgrades. No, these are not cover, upgrades. Cover expansion sorts. So, unfortunately, there are not many products in the industry which are available which you can upgrade your existing policy. Sure. So, additional, additional. So, you have to buy additional policies. Mm. So, most of these policies are. A new policy that the and customer ends up and in some sense is this usually spread across multiple providers or oh is yes a, oh yes these are spread across multiple providers most of the customer two to three providers have six seven policies most and of that's them. because people want to let's say somewhere de-risk or hedge because of no, whatever no, or what is no. the reason why you do this it is who has got in touch with the customer okay See, I'll tell you you know sometimes I actually think that these are so basics hmm. and therefore I, you know as a marketer I am a huge proponent of going back to basics sure Insurance is a game of basics. It is a game of relationship management. Okay. I am an advisor. You are my customer. If I am maintaining continuous contact with you throughout the policy term, you will not buy from anyone else. It is basics. It and is basics. Whoever approaches you, why? Because I have been in touch with you. And the people who have been into the industry as an advisor for a long time, they understand. They understand this and therefore they guard their existing customers. They will do everything. They will go to their family functions. They become a part of the family. If you see in olden times, you are fairly young, but uh, when I started working, my first insurance policy was bought through an uncle in our home. He used to come and because he sold policy to my father, to my mother, yeah. to my brother, to my sister. Through him, there was no questions asked. No, because he's supposed to be a trusted uncle advisor. Uncle has told me that this policy is not going to I read those policies and understood what I bought. <laughs> And there is also an emotional element. So I will lapse all other policies. I will not lapse that. Because why that father, my father bought it for me. And if you are able to maintain that relationship with the customer, customer will not go anywhere. Problem comes these advisors, these people who new come into the business, they do not understand this. Hmm. What they don't realize is that retention business over a period of five, six years becomes so huge. And you don't have to do anything. Anything, you have imagine. to just be in touch just with the customer, touch. wish the customer on anniversary birthdays or any milestone, service the customer and that's an income for life for that advisor. You know, I'm a little curious about this whole uh, typical advisor's life journey within an insurance company, across insurance companies, so the kind of portfolio he handles, the kind of portfolio he's able to take along with him versus what he's able to, what he has to leave behind. Let's just get into the head or the life of an advisor for a moment and... Uh, Typically, when he takes a job the first time with an insurance company, uh, how many years does he spend there? Let's talk about some current data. Sure. And I'm give the industry data. Don't be surprised. Of course. The attrition yeah, rate. Hoping, I won't be. The attrition rate in advisors hmm. is upward of 80%. Okay. 
eighty percent, and this is what kind of time frame? Annually, first twelve. Wow, the first time people become advisors, and within twelve months they'll switch to another company. They will switch to the industry. They'll how they'll switch off to oh, the company. To the most of them, itself. most of them, uh, switch off from the industry because it's too hard. Because it is so hard. Because within twelve months or within first five six you months they exhaust their natural circle, yeah. and then they realize it's not so easy. So that okay. is. So what does well, industry? Is that, is that go? somewhere coming in the way of the expansion then? I mean, industry expansion? Yeah. No, number one is uh, I think there are enough opportunities available uh, because of enough uh, population which is eligible for working. There's enough people. So supply is not a problem. Supply is not a problem, but what is happening is there's a tremendous competition for that supply. Okay. Oh, so so what the, the industry? Four insurance companies wanting those advisors, is it? Everybody talks about how difficult it is to get an insurer. How Sorry. difficult it is to get a customer. My belief is it is equally difficult to get a distributor. So I'm going to zoom into a lot of this very, very quickly. But while we were talking about the life of a distributor, and that's an interesting piece that 80% of them will join in the first year. Let's just double take a further on how many people does he end up selling to before he goes. What is his normal study state? People who stick around, how many people do they manage in the portfolio? So the people who stick around, uh, there's one gold standard in the industry, which is called as MDRT. Okay. Million dollar roundtable. Okay. Okay. Now, Million Dollar Roundtable is an industry body. It's a global body. Hmm. You, It is only open to life insurance advisors across the world. You can become a number of a member of MDRT only if you do a certain amount of business in the calendar year, Jan to December. Okay. And they have different standards for each country depending upon the purchasing power parity of that country. In India, uh, if I'm not wrong, that business is around 30 lakhs of premium in one okay. calendar year. So you get the benchmark if you are doing 30 lakhs of premium collection in one year in one year you are the cream of cream okay really is that hard yeah and therefore and what do how do I define that cream of cream is 0.1% of the interest but if it's making 30 lakhs of premium how much is he making as an income is his income depending upon product to product different category uh, you can take and don't quote me don't uh, like yeah. hold me while this ball number park, of course 25% but then he, this is not his full-time job then, or is it? You, we have for insurance advisors mind. that who become its full-time job for them. But these advisors not only do MDRT, they do MDRT multiple times over. Uh, how many people would he sell to in a year on ballpark? Again, the average order value sorts in the premium uh, lines. Motor, motor, if you have 1 lakh rupees ticket, you have 30 customers. So 30, 30 customers, customers paying about 2 and a half customers a month. Yeah, so two and a half new customers a month kind of get adds up. Yeah, which doesn't yeah. seem too hard, but it seems hard when you look it at it. It is hard. It is for for us. Uh, we all the industry also runs on what is called as an active agent. You know how does industry define an active agent? Six months. One no, somebody customer? has sold one policy in last twelve months. Wow. Okay, that's pretty rare. And that's is that a large number of agents as well? Oh that yeah. Case? On an average, uh, hobby agents of all the companies, I'm giving the industry figure. Twenty five percent of the agents are only active agents. The seventy five percent are inactive agents. Okay, and in some sense, they get capped out because it doesn't work from the effort reward ratio. So they figure something else in line. Yes. So let's take an example yeah. of an MDRT guy. Thirty hmm. lakhs. Hmm. Mota mota, twenty percent of his premium mila. So, kahiyeb chhe or saare saat aar lakh rupees ke aavas aare. Assuming he keeps on doing this for five years. Fifth year onwards, from the renewals itself, he will earn that much. Correct. And in addition to that, and as his renewal portfolio grows, he keeps on making Correct. more money. And then what happens is, good advisors, then they just don't relate to that customer. Hmm. This works relationship works on uh, references. The old family, the old friend circle. Old of that family, guy. friend circle. It is like this. If you enter 
a good relationship uh, advisor or a personal financial advisor will then get the full wallet share of the full yeah. circle of that customer. But somewhere that's kind of very rare because you said 0.1, 0.01% point the whole... Uh, but that's MDRT. I'm not talking about MDRT. You keep on doing consistently 20, 25 lakhs. So the 30 lakh figure was more to do with not just new but also the total premium, right? No. Which, it's oh, that's new premium. New business premium. Okay, so which means that uh, I would be able to enter that, but from a general personal income lens, my uh, my part would end up coming from renewals as well. Yes. And what percentage of renewal, let's say premium ends up being my incentive? The first part was 25% were new. For the other part is? It depends upon product to be product. smaller, but like a ballpark figure of 4-5%. That's still not small, right? If I'm accumulating it, even the second, third, yes, fourth, third, it can start saying, to become what, meaningful. What they don't realize is that this waterfall keeps on increasing. And especially where just, you know, because of the nature of business, you will always have attrition and some people will inherit a bunch of accounts which will renew under them for pretty much no effort. Yeah. So for the next year, that's free income. That's free income and more important is one advantage is getting references from this customer. Second mm. advantage is as I was talking about earlier is the financialization of savings. Sure. If you're a financial advisor selling insurance, you then you can graduate side. selling other financial products also. Then you don't not only selling life insurance to this customer, you will end up selling mutual funds, you'll end up selling other products. And you know, have two lenses to apply. So I would love to get into this whole engagement of advisors as a line of conversation as yes. well. And we'll get to that during the second part of the conversation. For now, I would then double click on as a company who has millions of insurance buyers who bought it from you, operating at a certain level of uh, persistency, a certain level of payment frequency. From a marketing and technology lens, how do you keep these guys uh, engaged where uh, the persistency stays and in some sense uh, the room to sell them the next insurance because they would want to ideally have a relationship which is meaningful instead of going to three different companies. How does it work really? Because if it's all push-based and there is only so much you can do, but I'm assuming as a marketer, you also have some elements in your play which help you pull that guy towards you. Yes. What we have done is we have developed a proprietary tool. We mm -hmm. call it uh, U2, okay. which is U Unlimited. It comes from a positioning of sure. U Unlimited. At a broad level, it is a need analysis tool at a broad level. Mm. So uh, it's an app, but it's an app available for our distributors and it's not for customers right okay. now. So it is because it is a consultative sure. app. So our distributors uh, sit with the customers and then they ask four or five questions in terms of customers' needs and this thing. And mm. then the tool throws out the output that the customer is supposed to buy. How much insurance do you need? How much insurance in which How product? Which See, product? We okay. have at least 20-25 products. Mm. Which product you should take? But many times what happens is what the tool, so tool has recommended that you need to take two products. Mm. One for this need, one for this need and therefore the total premium will come to 2 lakh rupees. Suppose. See. Yeah. A customer says, sorry, I don't have I don't 2 lakh rupees so right now because you have to, then I have to give this every year. Mm. So I can only give you 1 lakh rupees right now. So the tool then will recalibrate the same products in 1 lakh rupees but it will also tell you, okay, because of this, your this much percentage need is covered, this much mm. is still uncovered. Fair enough. Now we have this data available with us that this particular customer has only 74% of the need covered and still 26 is left as of now. And <laughs> from a lens of coverage, you have this for all of your customers because a lot no, of this is we have included now. Okay, so this so is it's, recent. It's an year old. But so now for the customers who are onboarding, we have full details of coverage. You know what's very interesting is this whole lens of profiling because I was in a conversation with the gentleman from ET Money, Mr. Santosh Nalwani, and they have a 19 question, let's say, profiling form to talk about your financial profile. Turns out they have an 85% fill rate even from a consumer lens. So it was fairly fascinating for so me. Our experience has been a little different. Yeah. When we had a similar form like this which had so many questions. Hmm. Uh, we decided and we realized that most of the advisors are just filling the default option and moving ahead. Which okay. throws your data 
completely out of gear and you cannot do anything out of gear. So we decided to make it much more simpler for customers and therefore we decided to ask only five questions. But you don't want to do this directly with consumers because in very simplified terms, the share of insurance policies sold by advisors versus sold directly by company, is that anywhere meaningful? Direct to consumers? Not really. I'll give you industry figure. More than 90%, close to 92% of sales across the industry happens when there is an intermediary in between. Fair enough. So obviously, you will have to live with the fact that this is how it's going to be. This is how the industry mm-hmm. is. And I have learned this as a marketer. I have learned this. There's no way fighting this battle. Because I was initially this thinking, no. Direct to consumer, correct. Educate customer, direct to consumer. I have learned it right away that it is the It's the nature of the category. It is a distance. Why? Let's understand why this is a distributor-led category. The products are perceived to be complex. And I'm using the word perceived with an underline. Sure. Because the products are not complex. Okay. But they're perceived to be them. complex. I would struggle to make the difference. Yeah, but we are perceived to be complex because of the jargon that we use. Most of the jargons sometimes we have to use because of the regulatory, regulatory requirements. requirements. Hmm. Thankfully, our regulator is a fairly, uh, I would say, a regulator which listens to customers, listens to insurers. So regulator is now working with the entire industry to come up with what they call is a simplified document. Okay, currently okay. I have to tell you what is your sum assured, where am I, just in two-three terms, I will switch off. Yeah. So it is perceived to be complex, but if I can explain the product to you, it's very simple. Fair enough. And therefore, the need is to convert that perceived complexity to perceived simplicity. Got it. For that, I need a distributor. I need a face-to-face interaction. Second is... Uh, Nobody gets up in the morning and says, I want to buy life insurance. It is always push. a push product. Yeah, You will buy insurance only when somebody has got in touch with you or there has been a trigger in life, hmm. like a marriage, childbirth, or even a death in the family. You know, I've seen so many realizations at funerals. People get this trigger. Yeah, of other, when they're attending funeral of other people, they realize that yeah, I should take it. So there are these triggers. So unless and until you have been contacted, there's a trigger. The best person to deal with those triggers is also the advisor because it's probably his social circle. He knows something has happened. Okay, that, that's the settled. Do you want to buy insurance? No, actually, then no? the settlement works best at that yeah. point of time. Of course, it's settled. Uh, so what we do is, uh, whenever we settle a claim, we make it a point that the advisor goes to the customer's place. Before, they check. Today, it's not the time for checking. It's direct transfer. Yeah. Normally, in these face-to-face interactions, people from neighborhood and the family and relatives come. After that, people know that it's because of insurance. It works mm. well for us. And also a but more important is to be sensitive to the family at that point. Of course. In some sense, the, the whole claim being passed is also a restoration of faith. Because I'm assuming there's a certain claim rate that gets passed and that's... I don't know if that industry struggles with that confidence. No, actually no. It's not? I tell you, the industry now... So, the objective of the industry is to pass a claim. And I'm talking about the industry. I'm not talking about our company. Our company included, we as an industry now, we want to pass claims. Hmm. The only reason when a claim is rejected and probably one of the only reasons that the claim, get, major reason the claim gets rejected is when the customer has not been truthful on the application. That is the only reason. Is there a percentage to it? Huge. See, what happens is people try to hide. Because they feel it's so needed. Even, even if it's a lifestyle disease, so I have diabetes, right? If I have to take a life insurance, I have to declare. You have to declare what will happen? My insurance premium will go up slightly. To a certain level, yeah. To a certain level. But if I have been truthful, then no claim gets rejected. No claim gets rejected. On the other side, if you've not been truthful, then obviously you pay less premium, but it'll be of no use. It because will be of no use because the time rejected. comes for the claim. And 
in our industry na the customers have to realize when the time for claim comes that customer is not going to be around cause yeah it's the family yeah and it's they will the obviously hold you. and most of the time and this is i think um, and we i think we as an industry that's that's an idea that is coming to me mm. from this discussion mm. is mm. we need to spread awareness about informing our family members about the insurance act we have so much cases where the death has happened and the customer is and the claimant is coming to us after 6 months yeah, why no idea they have no idea that this policy going through the papers they came with the policy document and said okay But isn't that kind of default to have a nominee and then their phone numbers and whatever in that flow? But we need to know as an insurer na, that the customer has died. We will only know. know when the time for premium payment comes and we realize premium has not come in and we got in touch with the customer. And the customer's phone number also might not remain active at that point. Yeah. For all you know. Yeah. And it's even that this is also gone. Which means yeah. so you we know, will so need to have a plan. Prob- all the more reason the only way this can happen is the advisor. Is the advisor and therefore advisor or if the family is aware which doesn't happen in India. You know why? Because India has a superstition. बताना नहीं इंश्योरेंस की बात इफ यू स्टार्ट ना मोस्ट ऑफ द टाइम द फैमिली मेंबर्स इन मरने वाले करना है जो कर लो बताओ मत हमें बिकॉज़ द विल्स आई थिंक राइट पीपल डोंट लाइक टू राइट विल्स और एटलीस्ट टॉक अबाउट विल्स यस बिकॉज़ इट इज अपसकुन माना जाता है हमारे टुडे इनफैक्ट इन द मॉर्निंग व्हेन आई एम कमिंग वी वर हैविंग अ ब्रेन स्टॉर्मिंग डिस्कशन अबाउट अ न्यू प्रोडक्ट दैट वी आर लॉन्चिंग व्हिच हैज अ एलिमेंट ऑफ इंश्योरेंस फॉर द चाइल्ड एज़ वेल ओके एंड वी वर ब्रेन स्टॉर्मिंग दैट इज दैट द फीचर वी वांट टू टॉक अबाउट दैट इवन योर चाइल्ड्स लाइफ इज कवर्ड Okay. And then we realize probably don't want to talk about easy it. conversation. मतलब because if I have to talk about it, I have to bring it up in conversation. So, uh, Abhishek, you've spoke about the persistence being a big topic, and it's a fairly healthy number that you currently add already. Help us understand the key drivers of this persistence, and what are you doing to make that happen? At a crux, what is persistence? Persistence is when a customer who has bought a, it's like a subscription model. Right. Take a Netflix subscription. You renew it every month. or let's take an example an amazon prime subscription you renew it every year why mm. will you renew it every year? Mm. because in that preceding year you have seen some value in it and right. that's why you and you want to get value more than the subscription amount that you have paid yeah in life insurance uh, while principally it will work on the same way but here there is no returns as such the returns come over a period of time if it is an investment product or if it is a pure term policy then it's what you getting is a cover that is available to you mm. so for us the key driver in persistency is number one has the customer understood the product that it many okay. times customers do not understand the product they just buy it because the advisor tells so and after that they forget about it okay and therefore first is number one to reach out to the customers and try to tell customer that the product that he or she has bought is the right product for you and ensuring that everything is known to the customer that's the first step probably the biggest leap Okay. And this is very advisor-led in-person in education. This is a mix of advisor-led as well as we reaching out to the customer Content. centrally, yeah, which okay. will probably be not in person but through phone. Content dissemination. Hmm. The second is the relationship that the advisor holds with the customer. Okay. okay? Uh, while this becomes important when the policy has been sold by an advisor, almost fifty percent of the policies also sold through bank arms. Okay. Industry, if you see the banka. Hmm. as a channel hmm. contributes close to 52% of sales sure now bank rms keeps on changing hmm. okay so therefore there's no specific advisor here it's just the bank which has sold so therefore it becomes equally more important for the life insurance company to be in touch with the customer because customer primarily is of the bank but now we share that customer with the bank and therefore we have to be in touch with the customer we do not have an advisor in between okay okay second part is uh, 
as the policy progresses and this thing, uh, there are a lot of good things happen in a policy. In a savings plan, bonus gets added to the policy. Right. Additional, if it's a ULIPS, additional units get, depending on the product, sure. additional units get to tell customers that the investment is growing, mm-hmm. the investment, mm-hmm. this is the purpose that bought it for and it is progressing. Third thing is always, you know, it is very cliche, but be in touch with the customers on the days which are important to the customer. Of course. Okay. Birthdays, but anniversaries, all of these. And or invent a date like we do as the industry does is the policy anniversary policy date. Industry, of course. And uh, last part, uh, I would say is as an organization, we also end up doing a lot of uh, things which are more than the business. Sure, the purpose driven. Things which are purpose driven. It is our job as insurers to tell the customer that we have been doing this and mm. we have been, and uh, asking customers to participate. Fair enough. So I think uh, interesting set of thoughts coming together on the persistency side of things. You know, you also mentioned offline about the fact that you've divided your customer base into a bunch of personas. And I wanted to understand, when you look at India as a market, there is diverse geographies, diverse income groups, diverse cultural groups. How do you break this down to a set of segments which become addressable? Because otherwise it's just too overwhelming. You know, the most easiest way to do it demographically. But when we realize India, you cross over from there, India right? it is not possible to do demographically. Mm. Every state is like a country. Pretty Every much. state behaves yeah. like a different country. Mm. So therefore, what we believe is demographically, you can work up to a certain extent, but it will go so far. Hmm. You have to look at this customer at a psychographic level. You have okay. to this customer at a mindset level. So a couple of years back, we did a huge study hmm. uh, where we reached out to customers from across the geographies, across the mindsets and this thing, because we wanted to understand these customers at their aspiration level, their relationship with money, their relationship with risk, because hmm. we're in the business hmm. of risk. Hmm relationship with the risk and to figure out how to segment it. And we, so it was a qualitative study backed by a quantitative study because each segment we also wanted to quantify. Whether this segment relevant enough, big enough for us to go after it or not. What came out of that study, what we were able to do is the segment customers basis uh, mindsets. And, but to make it easier for us to understand number one and then for as a marketer for me to propagate it throughout the company and then take it to our advisors, we needed a much simpler and much relatable way to, sure. I cannot say based on archetypes that this yeah. is that kind of this thing. So what we did was we classified these customers on the basis of animals. Okay. We call the the project was also aptly called Project Safari. Achha. And okay. we ultimately identified uh, four sets. Customer okay. divided the customer into four mindsets. The mindsets were lion, elephant, deer, and hawk. So it's okay. a mix of animals and birds, if you sure. know, yeah. And each person, each persona had a different character. So let me give you an example. Yeah. The elephant is that kind of person who's fairly methodical, who does everything to the T, takes, he thinks in advance, very well planned, that kind of a person. This person is aware of the risks in life and wants to be prepared for the risks, want to cover for the risks, but very sure of himself. What I'm okay. doing is right. A lion is a person who probably is an elephant, but he also has that element in him that make me feel important. Okay. I will be methodical. I am willing to take risks. Elephant will mm. not take risks. This person will take risks. But you have to tell him or her that you are the best in the world. What you okay. are doing is right. A hawk is the person who knows what going to go, but doesn't get too much into detail. This person would like to get specialists and tell them this is I want. Now up to you. you. Do. Time to time, keep me updated what is happening. I'll yeah. keep a hawk's eye, hmm. but don't get me into nitty gritties. As compared to an elephant, elephant would like to go into nitty gritties. Got it. 
and the final one is a yeah is a deer right. deer is a person who's the most under confident okay this person says main theek kar raha hu ki nahi sab theek hoga ki nahi yeah that kind of mindset and therefore the way to deal with all this person is let me give you this thing mm. to an example suppose you are selling a term product if you are selling the term product to an elephant it's only facts and figures aap itna doge aapke family ko itna cover milega ye hai this is the this is our this has been our claims ratio this is the process yeah, this very is objective, this very, very objective very objective and this is selling hmm. when you are talking to a lion we'll say sir aap bilkul theek kar rahe hain ये जो आपने प्रोडक्ट चूज किया ना दिस इज द बेस्ट लाइक व्हाट यू हैव चोजन दिस लाइक व्हाट यू हैव चोजन दिस लाइक व्हाट यू हैव चोजन दिस यू आर द बेस्ट गिव मी इगो मसाज एंड देन ही इज काइंड ऑफ मैनेजेबल सेम प्रोडक्ट यू आर सेलिंग द सेम प्रोडक्ट टू बोथ ऑफ दिस या व्हेन यू आर टॉकिंग टू हाउ काई आपको इतना देना है इतना मिलेगा डोंट वरी कंपनी विल मैनेज एवरीथिंग आपके पास साल में स्टेटमेंट आता रहेगा आपको कोई भी इशू आप यहां कॉल कर सकते हैं बिल्कुल दैट्स व्हाट ही नीड्स टू नो दैट्स व्हाट ही नीड्स डियर सर ठीक प्रोडक्ट है ले लीजिए कुछ नहीं होगा मैं हूं ना I will take your reassurance. Uh, that reassurance. So same product we have to. So this is how we classified, and this is. And I have never seen any model like that. You know, I'm very fascinated by this exercise, and I have two questions for you. For yeah. you, one is: Are you able to fit everybody into one of these four? Yes, I. By and large. Yes. And this means that elephants are found in north and south and east and west. It it trespasses cultural boundaries. It trespasses bound culturals. It and that was the beauty of the study. That's it trespasses amazing, right? geographies. It trespasses cultures and genders. Thing. No, same. It's, it's absolutely same. Wow! And when we did the quantification, most of them were upward of twenty percent. That means most of the so India is equally divided into these segments. Ah, that was going to be my next question. There is, is no what is the dominant. There is no dominant segment. It turns out we have as many deers as we have elephants. What happens is you might anybody who starts the journey starts with a deer. Ah, okay. And so over a period of time, the as you get better in life, as you see success in life. You either go towards hawk, or you go towards elephant, or you go towards lion. But I will stay where I end up. In some sense, if I am a lion now, I'll stay a lion for a while. It also depends on external conditions. Sure, oh, of course. If your experiments have been good, if what you have done in life has worked for you, then you stay a lion. Hmm. It keeps on reinforcing. But if your decisions have gone wrong, probably you start going back to this thing. Being a deer. This is very fascinating. So, in terms of uh, these, the third same question related that in terms of the input variables that determine this kind of an outcome. Was this a lot of, let's say, uh, data that you had, which you crunched into these models, which gave you this, or no, was this more no. of a qualitative or related? It is completely qualitative. In length meeting with customers across geographies, uh, the study itself took more than a year for us to do. But then, how do you now map it to the audience? Yes. So now that question was answered. We are able to segment. Yeah. Now, if I am sitting with you right now, mm. how do I know exactly whether you are an elephant or whether this thing? I know. I don't know. So what we did is we developed a. Four pointer questionnaire. Okay, and I ask you these four questions. Basis these four questions. I with eighty percent probability I'll be able to determine what is the kind of customer you are in. And okay? these four questions ask me what? Fairly simple. Acha. Fairly simple questions that uh, for me money is this. There Achha. are four questions. That's a lot. It's an Chai algorithm that we have designed. High quality, high high value research, and now suddenly it applies to everything you're doing. Everything you're doing. Now the problem that we face is convincing the distributor. I go back to this way and said, "आप पहले कस्टमर आप अंकित से मिलने जा रहे हो पहले ये चार क्वेश्चन चार क्वेश्चन का आउटपुट आपको आके मालूम पड़ जाए ओके ही इज अ लाइन सेम प्रोडक्ट बट चेंज ऑफ पिच नो वॉन्ट है डिस्ट्रीब्यूटर्स ऑलरेडी बीन इन टू द बिजनेस फॉर क्वाइट सम टाइम दे सी विद पिंच ऑफ सॉल्ट दे वुड रादर यूजर मैं तो ऐसे बिजनेस करता रहा हूँ ऐसे बिजनेस होगा सो 
that's the problem that we are facing right now. We are trying to figure out a solution. What the sense. second problem that we are facing mm-hmm. is how do I map this into the system so that when a customer is decided to approach us minus his advisor, mm-hmm. his or her advisor, how am I able to change my communication according to the persona of the customer? It requires a lot of work. Love to so it is quite possible there. that suppose I have to send you a premium reminder. Right. Your, your uh, renewal is coming. Do I change it according to the person of the customer or do I make it standard? I don't know right now. That is At the this question. point, it will be an experiment to figure this out. But yeah. in some sense, uh, the distributor currently is doing his own judgment of what to pitch and how to pitch. Yeah. Because which you don't necessarily says, know if it's scientific uh, That is the best way. I mean, We're trying to bring some way. science into this art. Yeah, but but what the... we are doing is, hmm. we believe we have very good findings uh, and we are able to classify. I am finding challenges in implementing this. Right. There are uh, probably not many actionables that are coming out of it that how do I do it on the ground? Sure. I'm trying to figure out a solution. I'm sure we'll figure out a solution. Mm. What we are now doing as an experiment is trying to map it to the distributor. Because okay. distributor is a much more engaged audience with. I have got a so much more space time. Will be elephants and lions and deers? I mean, and that is hopeful, wishful thinking right, right. now. We will convert and we will use these studies to map out our distributors. Okay. Once we know that this kind of distributors, and probably for distributors, the terminology might be a little different. It might be different. So let's think about this distributor is a lion. Hmm. I know this distributor ko kaise treat karna hai. Sure. That information would be fed to my sales team. And said this information, this distributor treat it like this. Now the problem is, my sales team might say, because anecdotally we know. This but we need to institutionalize. People lens, how many sales people and how many distributors are we talking about? Just order of magnitude wise. Oh. So as a company, we have uh, close to 2,000, 2,200 to 2,300 sales people. Uh, and distributors, uh, we have uh, 65,000. So one is to X relationship generally? Or is this a hierarchy structure? No, the 65,000 is total distributors. The mm. overall active ones would be whatever. Would be the active distributors will be close to 15,000, 20,000. But these are just the distributors which I'm talking about the individual agents. Mm-hmm. Then we have bank RMs, we have of bank course. employees. Yeah, it's a complex ecosystem. It's a huge cost. You know, because uh, while, of course, institutionalizing these changes, where there is a lot of people involved is a complex task, what I was going to get next to is this whole engagement piece with the distributors itself, because given that it's a substantial, almost 90% plus of your business is coming from there, how do you keep them engaged? Because there is join of distributors, there is attrition, like you said, and there is engagement, disengagement, incentivization, potential gamification. I don't know if you're allowed to do that. But what is the whole lens around uh, distributor engagement? Okay. So, as I was telling a little earlier, yeah. um, probably I'm a little old school in my thought as far as marketing. Basics. I'm a firm believer in insights. Sure. Firm believer in insights. That anything you do, first get an answer. Mm-hmm. And then work around the insight. So, we have again spent a lot of time to understanding our distributors as well. What we have understood is, uh, because you also have to see distributor from a competitive lens also. Because all the insurance companies are after this distributor. So I have to have my offering and that this is much better than most of the industry. So one thing we have understood is commissions, incentives are available with everyone and they are comparable. Sure. 1% is 1% is 1% There is no way I can play the game. Fair enough. No way I can play the game. And if I try to play the game, number one is there are regulations that uh, tell you that you can only pay this much to the distributor. Mm. So I cannot win this game. 
on commission. I cannot win this game on what you were talking earlier of trainings across the world. Hmm. We do a lot of training for them across the world. Suppose uh, three, four friends are talking in a group and having a drink and this thing from different professions. And if we ask, what are you doing? What are you doing? The person was an insurance advisor. I will never say he's an insurance. Never. Okay. There's, there's no pride in that profession. There's no pride. He will say, yeah. he or she will say, I'm a financial advisor. Yeah. Anything. Uh, Got it. He will never say I'm an insurance agent because we think like that, that the insurance advisor is so if somebody who's selling insurance, that person probably did not, was not able to do anything in life hmm. and therefore started selling insurance. Okay. And therefore, there's kind of a stigma, stigma attached. attached. Hmm. And these people now know this. Okay. These people know this. So what they want is somebody to elevate themselves and their profession in number one is their own eyes, hmm. number two is their family's right. eyes, and number three is their society's eyes. Got it. This is what they want to do. We work on this insight and we put disproportionate effort on this insight. I was telling you about the people who qualify as MDRT. MDRTs. Hmm. They're cream of cream. But they still still have that kind of a stigma. Sure. They're the best in the industry. You talk to them, I'll show you a couple of videos that their stories. There are stories that these people have managed to not just uplift themselves but uplift their community just by selling insurance. Sure. And these people but are I, great. You know, MDRTs, hmm, hmm. they are a breed apart. Most of the companies, what will do the MDRTs? MDRT banenge, to unko contest mein bulayenge. Unke circle mein unko bahut elevate. They will be elevated in their own circle. Right. This thing. We go one step further. Hmm. And uh, we decided that if you qualify for an MDRT, we are going to place one hoarding with your photograph congratulating you in your locality. This idea was a sales promotion idea. Right. Now suddenly, this small thing of putting up this person's hoarding with his face and his name and congratulating him and saying something, uh, appropriate messaging. This has become such a huge thing for our advisors. I'm sure. We have situations where advisor comes with the entire family with society photo and then hoarding photo and then they circulate on whatsapp across all of course and when we do a research with all of these people they tell us that everybody mdrt and you know one advisor officially they can work with only one insurance company but then their wife also takes a license their kids take a license so they have interactions with a lot of insurance companies. They say, I mean, MDRT is only two or three insurance companies. But what you have given, nobody else gives us. So that big right. stickiness for us. Yeah. Huge. And it's such a small. And you know, again, coming going hmm. back to basics, where did this idea come from? Hmm. This idea came from a sales company. Okay. He came with an idea. He came with an idea. He came idea. And I still remember the city. Are you okay with that from a brand perspective? I said, I'm okay with that. I said, I love the idea. Why don't we build it in a program? Five years we are running this program. And you should... Have it people copied? No, actually surprised. Why not? Because I would imagine that this sounds like an amazing idea. People would replicate and then you'll have to find another way to... Because every year you'll have to innovate some way because... 
it'll get stale at some point yes. because all ideas have a certain shelf life. Yes. Very fascinating, nonetheless. But just okay, fair. Uh, so so when, like one when I was saying piece. making mm-hmm. them feel important. Yeah. Second is enhance their knowledge because these people, when they go to the customers, they project themselves as a financial advisor. They mm-hmm. will never say I'm an insurance agent. They're a financial advisor because customers can need safe insurance. Nahi hoti hai. Customer financial need hoti hai. insurance, savings, uh, other investment products. Hmm. So we have to teach them a lot of things. So we, and that's where uh, the muscle of Edelweiss Group really oh. helps us hmm. because uh, we have a authority, we have a name in the financial industry. We are able to teach them a lot of stuff other than insurance as well. So then when they go to the customer, they can speak with authority. They can speak with knowledge. So we invest a lot of our effort, time and money in training them. But tell me something, Abhishek. You're, in your sense, you're practically a single category product company. You're not a single product company, but single category. Within your competitive ecosystem, there'll be people with multiple product portfolios. So in some sense, the advisor has more to sell as well. So does that come in the way somewhere that you're educating but not selling everything that no, other people are? No, I'm equipping him. Okay. I'm just equipping his knowledge. You could still sell mutual funds from somebody else. You can sell mutual funds from somebody yeah. else. My, what is my objective as a life insurance company? Mm. Which means I'm going to be engaged in... Knowledge if he feels more engaged with me because of the education yes. I'm providing, he, my relationship with him is stable. Yes. Now he can do whatever else. Yes, yes. So that Fair is the second part. Third part is, and this became really important in COVID times, is how am I enabling this person to sell my product better? Sure. Because insurance, na, uh, it's a product which has a lot of documentation involved. Uh, there are, uh, if your sum assured is large, probably you'll have to do a medicals. There are a lot of things that you need to do. How do I make it seamless for the distributor? Mm. How do I make it? So mm. we have to mm. use a lot of technology in this. Right. So proposal form filling when a customer is applying is completely online. Right. Then the medical center appointment and everything is at all what point of sorts? time, I as an insurer have to keep both Customer as well as the advisor informed and informed. Informed. Hmm. customer ka appointment hai. So this customer, if the customer is important, this advisor will go with the customer. Right. Then as the policy is progressing, informing the customer that informing the stages. advisor main important of hmm. the stages is happening hmm. and ensuring a seamless issue. That is one part. The other part hmm. is which comes right before selling is uh, equipping this person uh, to sell. Hmm. This industry has sold face-to-face for 90 years. Right. 90 years. How do I sell? I'll come to you. I'll sit with you, explain the product to you. March 2020. This face-to-face meeting. In the Zoom. Out of the window. You're not allowed to meet the customers. Right? And incidentally, March is the biggest month for life insurance industry. Yeah, and life the insurance last industry two lost. weeks were like gone, right? Uh, last, 20th March, the business in your business to March last week. Exactly. So it was a, actually, yes, it was a setback for the industry, but more setback was people were not allowed to meet. Meet, yeah. If I'm not allowed to meet, but that is the only way I know how to sell as an advisor. So we as an organization, and I should not take the credit alone, the entire industry actually worked overnight to create modules that will allow the distributor to sell online. Okay. the More important, we can create modules, but more important was... Training this, telling them, and holding them, no, it is possible. Mm -hmm. It is possible. It is possible. So that thing, and they are looking for companies which are fast thinking, they are able to do that. Thankfully, we were able to do it fairly quickly. Right. And in the month, 
फाइनेंशियल ईयर ट्वेंटी वन विच इज अप्रिल ट्वेंटी टू मार्च ट्वेंटी वन वी वर द ओनली लाइफ इंश्योरेंस कंपनी आउट ऑफ ऑल द ट्वेंटी थ्री एट दैट पॉइंट ऑफ टाइम विच ग्रू एवरी मंथ एवरी लाइफ इंश्योरेंस कंपनी डी ग्रू इन वन ऑफ द अदर मंथ वी ग्रू एवरी मंथ So a lot of credit is we were able to equip our distributors on time, train them that this is how you can sell online. So they are looking for companies which actually do this. And last point is, are the companies officials, including top management, are accessible to them? Okay. So we ensure I'm part of the leadership group of the company. We ensure we are always, hmm. always accessible to our distributors. Always. When we go and meet them, whenever I am traveling or any of my colleagues are traveling, we make it a point to meet our top distributors in that city. We make it a point to have lunch with them. It is making them feel important, making yeah. them feel human, making them feel wanted in the organization. Again, it's basic. Of course, it's basics of relationship. It's a classic traditional way of doing business, but very powerful nonetheless. Yes. So in some sense, uh, you know, just the last bit around this whole distributor engagement, I'm assuming these people have apps on their devices, yes, which yes, they carry around, yes, yes. tablets and whatever to fill up those form and profiles. Uh, is there a lens on language, culture, whatever, to segment this audience better or understand or engage with this audience better? We have currently just finished a distributor study where again it is on a mindset basis. Right. Again, the psychographics. Again, psycho. I go back mm. to psychographics. Of course. That's a very interesting Demographics will not happen. Demographics will be up to a certain level. Sure. So there are three types of distributors. Uh, at a demographic level who work very well for the industry mm. as I was telling you high attrition rate for right. the people who stay back so, and who do well there are three mainly number one are housewives okay huge out of the kind amount of business and the quality of the business the housewives bring in mm. amazing fair enough okay second is retired people okay okay uh, retired people because uh, people listen to them they right. have uh, experience Real behind reputation. them plus they have time with them And these people also want to do things the right way, yeah. in a methodical way. So very good set for. And third is small business owners. Okay. Small business owners, including financial consultants and this. I'm not, mm-hmm. Although I'm not calling mm-hmm. that small, but small business owners and people working in the financial industry. Mm-hmm. These people also they work very well for us. Sure. So we try to focus Again, on this. This is sort of a. Persona based mapping. This is more demographic kind of, kind of a thing, depending upon where we are. We are still applying a very geographic, yeah, agnostic, a, language yeah, agnostic yeah. lens to this. Yes, yes. Hmm. So we try to focus on these three, uh, but even within these three, we are trying to do now a dev- kind of a psychographic segment. So, are they seeking respect? Are they seeking status? Are they seeking civility? Basis that we will create. What kind of communication goes yes, out? Yes. So what kind of? Awesome. Sounds fairly fascinating. I think uh, you know this has been a very interesting conversation over the lens of understanding business because technology is a support infrastructure, not the driver of how things should be done. Thank you so much for doing this, Abhishek. Exciting conversation. Love completely your insights, and I, I I'm I'm pretty certain we'll leverage a lot of them in our conversation subsequently. Thank you so much, Ankur. I really loved having this discussion. Uh, it has actually given me a lot of food for thought of what things awesome. we need to do. Yes.